it's a tactical move on their part. It's clearly at one level, it's an it's a admission of a, a degree of guilt. Uh, they wouldn't be pulling uh, if they didn't want to protect some of their reputation. But at the same time, their statement clearly says, look, I mean, we, you know, trying to portray themselves as somewhat innocent, uh, and even though they recognize that there were some, some negative implications. So it's a damage limitation exercise on their part. I, I think that's, that's the first thing. Uh, but uh, in, in the context of, of, of the larger uh, picture, I think, you know, organizations like Bain, McKinsey, all these other KPMG, the, the other consultancies and, and, and uh, uh, where that were caught up in the state capture are all trying to look to the future. They're trying to basically, you know, uh, indicate that, you know, they don't want to lose not only South African government business, but as you see from Lord Haynes' uh, maneuvers in the U.K., it could affect a lot of their other business in other countries if the fallout is big. So in this case, uh, I think we must see a little bit through Bain's smokescreen, uh, recognize it for what it is, a tactical maneuver uh, to basically try to dam- limit the damage that has been done. Mm-hmm. Does the withdrawal from the uh, BLSA go far enough for this company? No, of course it doesn't. Um, I mean, it's, it's a token gesture. Uh, and BLSA, just remember, was defending Bain. Uh, just a couple of days ago and saying, look, you know, we don't really think that there's anything they've done really wrong. And, you know, this is so it's a, it's a club of brothers uh, in that in that sense. And, and it doesn't really hurt them a great deal. It's not going to cost them a major amount of uh, reputation or other kinds of damage. So, no, what, what needs to happen with Bain, as it needs to happen with other uh, outfits that were involved, is clearly it needs to be prosecuted, well, not necessarily prosecuted initially, but it needs to be investigated much further. And there's a case. The Zondo Commission report clearly sets out the case against Bain and indicates that there's every indication that it was their strategic uh, consultancy that basically facilitated the capture of SARS, not just, uh, you know, helped along a little bit. So that's what needs to happen. We need to have a proper investigation and we need to have people held responsible. This is what the public wants. Bain is no exception. Mm -hmm. Can you briefly take us through the litany of legality that Bain was involved in at SARS? Because we know there's a number of allegations. Well, I, I, essentially, you know, uh, the way that uh, when one reads the Zonda report and looking at all the documents that are available, uh, it's clear that right from the beginning, uh, when uh, Zuma appointed Tomonyane, uh, that Bain was there right from the start, and they were already being lined up. Uh, there was indications, obviously, that Bikone, the, the, the CEO of Bain at the time, was a very close friend of Zuma's, or it's his family, meeting regularly. So there was, first of all, massive conflicts of interest. Uh, secondly, that there was clearly a plan that was put in place to put a veneer of legality and uh, over what was, was happening, which was to get rid of troublesome people, uh, to restructure the SARS so that it essentially couldn't do its job. And Bain's strategic consultancy essentially facilitated that. I mean, we don't know all the exact uh, details of how that exactly happened, but what is clear is that the overall trend was that they were there as a sort of overseer of a process that allowed the restructuring of SARS and the getting rid of whistleblowers and others who were in the way of essentially making SARS into a, a yes agency for those who wanted to take advantage of tax laws and wanted to basically skirt the law. So that's, there's, there's a whole range of these allegations, and they need to be investigated further. And where there's smoke, there's fire. It's clear that Bain was involved in a range of different illegalities. What we must now do is prove them in court, and that's uh-huh. what the NPA's job is. How do you view the business leadership South Africa's initial position to defend Bain as a company, and what lessons should South Africa learn from this saga, Doctor? Yeah, it's, it's 
quite, I think it's quite disappointing uh, that BLSA did that. I mean, it's not surprising, as we know, you know, just like uh, the VLSA the acts like almost a police union, you know, it doesn't matter if your members really do bad things, you're going to protect them irregardless. And that was clearly the approach from the beginning. And they've got a bit of, you know, uh, I think, uh, case to answer, BLSA does on the sort of moral side of things. But that's, I mean, we never expected our, our big businesses to be sort of, you know, morally upright. It, it, what it points to is that two things in particular. One is that the private sector in this country was an enabler of state capture. You know, this notion that it was simply just a bunch of politicians and officials that were doing their own thing, they would never have been able to do this without the active assistance and involvement of private sector companies, uh, and Bain is one of those companies, and that's, that's the first thing. And the second thing it points to is a real need for the Financial Sector Conduct Authority in particular, which is our regulatory authority that oversees some of these kinds of areas and other financial services center other places to actually start doing their job of regulating and checking the operations and enforcing the law. We don't need to just enforce the law in the public sector. We need to enforce it in the private sector as well.